Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, part two, one minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. And today we are going back to minute 17, which uh, starts with Marty's son, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, <laughs> greeting uh, Gri- Griff and the bullies and uh, ends with a, uh, a Marty McFly Jr. being thrown over the cast register and being cautiously approached by his own father. Mm-hmm. So uh, Marty McFly Jr. is an uh, uh, interesting character. Interesting character. choice. Yeah. You know what I couldn't? get out of my head while I was wa- while I'm watching him, you know, very closely one minute at a time. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Marty Jr. looks a lot like Hugh Jackman's double in The Prestige. Remember <laughs> his, his drunk alcoholic double? You mean the one that was also Christian Bale? Wait. Oh, oh. wait. No, oh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, oh, that double, that double. Yes. Yeah. Okay, totally. Yeah, the one, the one that's a drunk that like. Oh, who yeah. was that? I. That was Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it was Hugh Jackman with like some like prosthetics, and like, he was like British. Look slightly off. Well, I mean, Hugh Jackman's Australian, so it's not that much of a stretch. Well, no, but his character in The Prestige was American. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, they're they weren't the same character. No, no, but the double, no, but the double had a British accent. I remember. Yeah, yeah, but it was still played by Hugh Jackman. No, he was. I just remember that being like a difference between them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, he looks like he looks Marty Junior. looks a lot like uh, Hugh Jackman's prestige double, um, but he acts. He acts a little bit like Topher Grace. Yeah, I was going to. He's kind of like, uh, like I said earlier, Giovanni Ribisi, maybe kind of like a Casey Affleck thing going on. Yeah, there's something about the way he said he 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 says like, I, you know, I've been really I've been thinking about it. It just sounds sort of dangerous. So Um, kind of like a Robert Durst kind of thing. Well, it, it feels like. It feels Topher Gracie to me. I don't know. The way that his speech pattern, the way that he. I guess when I think of Topher Grace, I think of him more talking like this, you know? Like, yeah, no, no, no. Not that Topher Grace. The Topher uh, Grace, like like early seasons of that 70s show or uh, the Topher Grace that was almost cast as Spider-Man but then ended up being Venom. Like like if you remember – if you can think of him at like the beginning of Spider-Man 3, like when he doesn't have – any confidence and he's just like kind of like uh like i don't know <laughs> I, I just it it just it feels like it just feels like that very specific Topher grace that one um, like like the 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 bowie and berlin years for Topher grace fans yeah <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's a, weird it's weird yeah i mean go um, michael j fox for trying you know he certainly made some choices. He certainly made some choices. So why is Marty Jr. so important to their plan? Yeah, Griff Griff wants Marty Jr. to to, to help them on this on this mission. 
Do you think do you think the plan is actually that they want to rob the mall and Marty works at the mall? Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely I I mean I always think they're just going to use him as like a patsy, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking he has no part in the plan. He just has to like let them in somewhere. Yeah, like he's the guy that knows the guy that will unlock the door for them. No, I don't even think it's that because that makes him too cool. <laughs> that makes him too cool. No, he's just the loser that works at the GameStop in the mall. That is, you know, they can push him into letting them in and then walking away. You okay. know? That's what I think. Like he just he's 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 not cool enough to know somebody to know a guy. You what know store what I mean? At the mall do you think Marty Jr. works at? GameStop. GameStop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Spencer's. Or Spencer's. No, I think Spencer's is too cool for him too. No. No, you know, you know what? He works at one of those uh he works at one of those like kiosks like in the middle of the mall. Oh yeah. Where he's like he'll just like he just wanders around his little cart and he's just like Hello. he's just like, Hey, do you want to smell better? Okay. Oysters, clams, and cockles. <laughs> Ma'am, would you like some lotion? Oh. <laughs> Will you lend a helping hand? <laughs> that's what i think i think he works at one of those kiosks yeah. which would which would explain why he would have keys to like the mall at large and not just <laughs> yeah he has not to, just one of the stores you know yeah, yeah. or maybe he's like maybe he's just like a really shitty security guard oh yeah like kind of the barney fife of mall security <laughs> yeah yeah totally I what, could see um, that too. Did you ever worked at a mall, Scott? Yeah, I I I've worked at a GameStop in a mall. Nice. The days go yeah. by so fast. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I I like I like Griff's uh, uh gang. Well. Yes, I want to talk about them later because the girl has a claw on her finger. Right. We're going to we'll 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 we can talk about the claw. The claw is a weird choice. It's a weapon. The whole the whole you got no scrot thing. <laughs> yeah. I might hate more than anything in the entire movie. <laughs> that all that only that old expression. You, you got no scrot. Cuz no in the scrot. future everyone calls it scrot. Um, I guess. And I just, I don't understand what's happening. Like logistically, I don't understand. Cause it's like, okay, she's using the claw. So then does she like stab the claw into his balls or does he, does she, does she like suddenly grip them and then raise him? Maybe Cause if she's using the claw and picks him up, that's. That'll the the yeah. thing about it is like if she was using the claw to pick him up. Yeah, maybe from, she's like butter knifing him from there. But but if she's butter knifing him, would 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 <laughs> would he go up? Or maybe maybe she's not lifting. Maybe she's just grabbing and gripping. No, maybe. no, she's lifting. He li- he get he gets picked up like a foot off the ground. Oh well, then yeah, that's definitely what's going on. Right. So 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 she 
she's not doing it with the claw, even though she drags the claw all the way down his body first. Yeah, maybe she's like hiding the claw, like the dull know. end, up against the scrotum and not digging I was, the sharp end. <laughs> I, was, I was always confused about this moment. Like as a kid, I was like, did she just stab him in the balls? Like with yeah. that claw? Because if it was just her fist, then it'd be like, oh, well, a woman just gripped that little boy's like balls really hard. <laughs> but the the cl- the claw thing. I'm just, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're both teenagers. Both teenagers. But he's a small boy. No, I think they're the same age. No, but like, like he's like five. He's Michael J. Fox size. Oh, okay, fine. But like the the claw thing just makes everything weird. It does. It especially makes it weird because as as she's bringing it down his body, he's making that like uh, yeah. noise. That's sort of like that noise that Tina makes on Bob's Burgers when yeah, she's it's a very Tina noise. It's a Tina noise. <laughs> so, like, what's that about? What what's happening to make that happen to your voice? You know. It just it's well, I weird. think he just knows what's coming, and so he's nervous about it. He screwed him. Yeah, I don't know. She must be. She must have just like whipped out her her hand and grabbed grabbed it, grabbed his grabbed his junk because otherwise, like if she's just using the claw thing, I his I feel like his reaction would be different than what it be is. Like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because it's like his reaction is like very specifically like a like a like a ball crunching kind of reaction. Yeah, there's, there's a, just a, a visceral human reaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really hate that moment. I really hate it a lot. Well, um, it's always so weird, and I feel like you're not really seeing this anymore. But I think in like the late '80s, early '90s. I feel like there was a the female bully always resulted in like the most awkward scene of any movie. Yeah, that's so true. What do, you, what do you think, Knuckles? And she's like, "I think you should give them to me." And it's like, "Oh, what did that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so I. Until I looked, until I read the paradox draft, I never knew what Griff was saying to Marty Jr. when he said, Hey, McFly, your shoes. And I thought, I always thought he said, Your shoes unbelt. And I was like, Is that the proper way to say something unbelt? Like, don't you say, (laughs) Your shoes unbelted? Yeah, unbelted. Don't you say unbelted? Um, but no, he's actually saying, "Hey, McFly, your shoes unvelked." Like, what, is it? what does velk mean? Vel- Velcro, like, oh, unvelked, unvelked. Because in the future, everyone's shoes are Velcro. You know <laughs> that stylish thing. Yeah, sure, Bob. <laughs> Velk. It that be- sounds that sounds Yiddish. Unvelked. Unvelked. Yeah, I like it. Your shoes unvelked. Hi, Scott. Your shoes are on the vault. In in the Paradox Draft, Spike Sill says, what's wrong? You got no scrote. But she does not grab his balls. No, good. She just, yeah. 
That's fine. And she just says that, and then Griff says, "What's it going to be, McFly? You in or you out? You um, squirt or no squirt?" Yeah, and uh, I like that. I I really do like that Marty Junior says. I guess it sounds really dangerous. I got I, maybe I should discuss it with my father. Maybe I should discuss it with my father. Yeah, your father. Wrong answer. I love that Marty. I love that Marty Junior starts screaming before he's picked up. Does he just know it's about? He knows it's about to happen. <laughs> and then Marty just like he's a wimp. Oh man, what a complete wimp. The only thing worse than an asshole is a wimp. That's just like I always said. Just like I always said. Always. Remember all those times I said that in the last movie? Better a always. asshole than a wimp. I said it all the time. Looks at the camera. All the time. Do anything if you put your mind to it. <laughs> Including not be a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> So, so uh, anyway, um, yeah, so let's talk about the 67 draft, huh? Sure, bring it up. Okay. So after Griff sees Norman out, they all leave. Mm-hmm. Marty and Jennifer are left behind in the McDonald's of the future. Oh, God, I forgot about that friggin' that yeah. David O. Russell scene that happened last week. Right. So they're left That's in right. the McDonald's and – Marty says, that can't be my son. He can't be. <laughs> Jennifer says, Marty, he looks just like you. Marty says, I would never name my kid Norman. Jennifer says, I always wanted to name my son Norman after my grandpa. And then Marty says, Jennifer, don't say this to me. <laughs> and then Marty picks up the blue plastic card uh, uh, or a blue plastic card that was left over from Norman's folder that he he dropped all over the all over the floor when he Trip, got pantsed yeah, and drove tripped. <laughs> yeah. And uh and he looks at it and on one side has a magnetic strip and on the other side is a holographic image of Norman and it says Hill Valley Remedial School. Oh, remedial school. Yeah. And it has a class schedule with current grades. Elementary math D plus, remedial computer C minus, remedial reading D. Remedial English D. That means that I pass. Yeah. So he says, so Marty uh, uh, shakes his head and pockets the card. And he says, perfect. He's an idiot too. Oh God, it would have been better if he was, if he was just a juvenile delinquent, a punker with purple hair, a teenage terrorist, anything but a wimp. A teenage terrorist. Yeah. Teenage terrorist. Teenage terrorist. Man, you almost want to see what would happen if that line was in the movie. I know. Well, well, the one thing that I'll notice is he picks up this random item with information about his son and then he pockets it. So you know what that tells me? That thing's coming back and he's going to have straight A's by the end of the script. <laughs> yeah, he's making that a priority. Yeah, I mean that's going to that's going to – this you know, is the that's new gonna do the old time photo. travel shift. Yeah, I'm not um, going home until these babies are A's. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a better father. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so then they walk out of the McDonald's, 
and Marty stops and remembers something, and he says, "What did they say about me? I was borrowing money from my from my own daughter, like I was broke." Jennifer says, "Marty, let's let's just ask Doc about it." Marty says, "Right, you go wait for Doc, and I'll be there in a few minutes." And so then he checks the telephone directory that he printed out of the place where he can find the almanac, the copy of the almanac. Sure. Jennifer says, "What are you going to do?" And then she realizes and says, how can you be thinking about that book at a time like this? And Marty says, look, I don't want to grow up and have to borrow money from my own kids, not when I know how to get rich. Jennifer says, but shouldn't we find out a little more first about ourselves, about everything? Marty says, we will find out more, but let's keep our options open. If we don't keep, if we don't need the book, we can throw it away. You just go back to the alley and I'll be there right after I hit up the bookstore. He gives her a quick kiss and takes off. And then we go back to the alley where Doc is still waiting. If you remember from okay. last week, Doc was waiting in the alley. He came back with Jennifer's clothes and was waiting in the alley because they weren't supposed to leave the alley. They left. So he started pacing back and forth and stuff. So, so he's got uh, the clothes ready to go. And Doc is saying to himself, they're, they're lost or in some kind of trouble. They could be in jail for all I know. Well, I brought them here, so I got to go get them. So then he gets into the, the DeLorean just as Jennifer comes into the alley and sees the DeLorean fly away. And Jennifer says, Doc, wait, come back, stop. And then she runs back in the direction of Marty, uh, shouting, Marty, Marty. But then Marty, Marty is gone because he is somewhere else that we'll get to uh, in tomorrow's minute. What, what page number is that? Oh, okay. Let me see here. <laughs> I like that you are interested in the page numbers because it's insane. Uh, that's page 15. <laughs> so it took him 15 pages to get rid of Jennifer. Uh, really 14 pages because we're at the top of 15 now for okay. the next scene. God, the 67 draft is just... Like the longest way round to solve any problem. I know, I know. That's not the end of Jennifer, though. Okay, cool. She has, she has her own solo adventure in this version. Oh, she's the lead. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to that uh, later. A little little tease of things to come. Nice. But uh, but yeah, but that's it. That's all I got for this minute. All right. Well, you know, uh, another successful minute in the bag. If you want to go to our website, back to the future where we love hearing from people. Uh, we get some really interesting comments. We had a really interesting uh, comment from the Hill Valley Preservation Society about um, Scott and I's uh, pocket or universe bubble theory stuff that we were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I actually have a response to that. Oh, okay, cool. I have a response to that. Um, so so uh, if you guys remember my theory from last week, it was basically that uh, the future of Back to the Future – um, the way the future works in Back to the Future is that the future, if you travel, if you're in 1985 and you travel to 2015, the future is just the version of 2015 based on 1985, uh, based on all the information that happens in 1985. Mm -hmm. So that's why it looks the way that it does and not the way that 2015 actually looks like because it is a 2015 based on 1985. Sure. Hill Valley Preservation Society on our website uh, said that my pocket universe theory is interesting but cannot possibly be true. The proof is Einstein's first trip. If Einstein was sent to a pocket universe of his own making, 
uh, oh my gosh, imagine what that would look like. He would have never caught up with Doc and Marty one minute later in the Twin Pines uh, mall parking lot. That that is not that isn't how the that isn't how the future works. I don't think I don't know that necessarily everyone has their in their own individual pocket universe. That's more what I was drawing from it. That's what you were drawing from it. Okay, I, I think that's where he's getting it from. Right. So so I think I I I think that it is specifically that of all of the things in that exist in 1985 what would the future look like from that moment from that perspective without like living all of that time in between what would the world look like mm-hmm. in that world like as a as a projection of 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 30 years in the future from 1985 mm. so my, the way that my theory works is that einstein going one minute into the future well one minute into the future is just a it's just a minute like there's not like a not a lot can happen in a minute uh, sure. i mean enough that we do a podcast about it but, <laughs> but but not enough like so so i don't think that that's that's not as uh, as as big of i don't know i don't think a minute trip is is a different thing and yeah i'm not talking about pocket universes so so yeah yeah, know. no, but that's like some of the – so we love getting stuff like that and we love to yeah, get totally. more of it. You can tweet us at BTTF Minute, tumble at us at Tumblr, bttfminute.tumblr.com and our big pocket umbrella site, duelinggenre.com is where you can find information about all of our other podcasts like The Doctor's Companion, which we do with Cassandra Fredrickson and Geek by Night, the audio dramedy that we're all so proud of. Yes. We love it. Yes. Yeah. And you can support us at duelinggenre.com slash support, mm-hmm. where you can uh, help us out on Patreon. Uh, hold on. At duelinggenre.com slash support. <laughs> this is the website you can use to get on mm-hmm. and help us out financially for a dollar a month. $5 a month, then you will not only be helping out the Back to the Future Minute, but indeed all of our operations, all of our podcasts. So it would really be a good thing to do if you enjoy the show. And as always, you can enjoy yep. Star Wars Minute, Jaws Minute, and the newest member of the family, Indiana Jones Minute, which, welcome to the Scorch, guys. Yeah. They're starting with Raiders. Going strong. It's good for them. All right. Have a good Tuesday, guys. Bye.